And then when Stalin died, and uh, I think it was Khrushchev who took over. It was Khrushchev that took over from Stalin. Then Khrushchev, or I think it was Khrushchev, criticized some of Stalin's um, uh, policies. And Chairman Mao idolized Stalin, so he got angry. So he started the Chinese version of communism, thereby dividing the two people. Now, the point I'm making here is this. One day God looked and said, all right, they have reached their peak, cut them down. And overnight, the leader of the main communist country in the world, Boris, uh, what, not his name? Yes, Mikhail Gorbachev. Mikhail Gorbachev started what he called perestroika and glassnut. Before he knew what was happening, he had legislated himself out of office. One day he woke up and he resigned from being the premier, whatever he was, because there was no country to govern anymore. All the countries had gone their separate ways. This is the interesting part. Years before that, I listened to a message, a prophecy given by Kenneth Copeland, in which he saw a giant snake that he said represented communism, and a hand came from heaven and chopped it to pieces. That the neck down to the tail disappeared. And the head looked back and was surprised he didn't have any body anymore. He gave an interpretation. I said, no, sir, you don't, this your interpretation is wrong. Because he said God he didn't tell him what he meant. He just knew it was about communism. By the time I, I listened to this, was 1991, 92, when I listened to it. I said, no, what this means is that communism will collapse because spiritual things, Jesus is the head, is in heaven. The body is a, is a church, all right? I said, the same manner, that head is not a physical thing. That head is the spirit behind communism. One day he will just see that the whole of his body has vanished. Precisely what happened. Even today's China is not communism like that anymore. There are billionaires all over China. That's not communism. <laughs> A word of prophecy went out long ago from the mouth of this Ghanaian prophet. He said, God said there are three things on the earth that is bringing to an end that are standing against the advance of the gospel. Number one, he said, was communism. That one is gone. The next he put on the line was Islam. You think God is afraid? He's not. The only problem he has is with a church that's not going anywhere. He's not afraid. In due time, he will judge like this overnight. If the church is prepared, eh, they will be converting mosques to churches. For want of space, oh. for the number of people that will be coming. But no, we don't have that mindset. We have a, 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 an afraid mindset. We are too preoccupied with funny things. They think the advancement of the gospel is, is through politics. The gospel did not advance one inch under Good Luck Jonathan. If anything, it went backward because all the pastors were going to Abuja to collect money. It just God that showed mercy. Otherwise, Buhari will have arrested some people. This four point something, this two point one billion. You think Khan did not collect? I'm not saying Khan collect. I'm just saying, do you think they did not collect? <laughs> it's a question. <laughs> now, question I ask you. Even if Khan did not collect, some Khanites collected. Some Khanites, you know what I'm going to say? They collected. God just covered the thing. I know, I, I know my brethren, they know how to repent. They ran down and said, oh God, please, it was just 75 million. You know, it's not the, we are not big boys, it's not small, small boys. Now, only church we carry out and go. 
That's what we're doing. We felt we're in power. The power of the church has never been political. It has never been political power. It has been the power of truth. The power of men and women that do not love their lives. The power of the gospel has always been the advancement of truth. Not that they are in political office. See the way church, if you hear the way Christians react, if, if Buhari sneeze, say, so see, this sneeze is a sign that they should bomb some churches. Poor Buhari. I feel so sorry for the man. The man, you see, we don't, listen, left to those of us who are, most of us Christians in Nigeria, he does not even have the capacity to have a good intention. The, his own heart is not in the hand of the Lord. Left to the way Christians reason. The gospel, the Bible does not prove, is not correct in his life. The heart of the king is the hand of the Lord. No, not if it's Muhammad Buhari. That's our reason. When the Bible says, kiss his son, lest he be angry and he perish out of the way. No, he can't perish out of the way. That's how we reason. We are afraid. If the man makes one appointment, you see, it's an Islamic appointment. If he makes a Christian appointment, we don't notice. I feel sorry for him. The people that, the only chance he has in life to make any right decision in the interest of the nation is for the church of God there to pray for him. But they don't. Most of them. Thank God God does not depend on everybody. Most pain. I ban you today in the name of Jesus who I preach for. I ban you if you are here. If you don't want to hear this, get out. Never forward any rubbish that contains his name on WhatsApp. When I get to my phone, click, click, I delete. And if there's somebody I can talk to, I will warn you seriously. Because he has, the man, the only chance he has for success is for you and I to say, they want to Islamize Nigeria, that's their problem. Come, join hands. In the name of Jesus, the gospel of You can't say don't Islamize, you can't say that one. The only thing you can say is in the name of Jesus, the gospel will advance. The only thing you can do is to raise the rod of God up and say in this land, anyone that God has placed in power must do his will. And you declare, let us pray in the name of Jesus concerning the country. Will of God be done. Will of God be done. In your heart, you face as a rock. Put the, the, the head of state on the seat. Put his deputies on the seat around him. And say to them, in the name of Jesus, will of God be done. And then you have to walk by faith. You have to walk by faith. You have to walk by faith. What do I mean by that? The man makes an announcement. You don't know what went on behind it. Just say, if it is not in the interest of the will of God, if it is not in the interest of the advancement of the gospel, it will not stand. God doesn't care whether the appointments are from the south or the north. He does not care. God only used to appoint kings from Judah. Priesthood in Israel was not rotational. If you were not a Levite, you couldn't make it. There is no head of state in Nigeria 
that has not served the purpose of God as much as the church allowed it. And it is not that we will not. What I have told you is the truth. I told the story once when I heard MK Abiola was the most popular presidential candidate Nigeria ever had. I served in Taraba State. My service here was 92 93. 93, we went for, um, we coppers were electoral officers, you know the way they use coppers. I didn't go that day because I didn't feel like going and I, I was a clinical worker, so I said, look, I have to be in my clinic. But listen, Taraba State, MQ Abiola won landslide. He contested against Bashir Tofa in, from Kano. In, in Tofa's local government, MQ Abiola won. The Emir of Kano supported MQ Abiola. In the south, he was supported. Everywhere, he was supported. But this interesting part, one day I heard the story. So when annulment came, Babangira annulled the election. That was on the surface. Later on, we heard what went on behind. You know what, what, what went on behind? Many things. But one of them, I'll give you many stories, put them together. First of all, when it began... Tundebakari <laughs> came. <laughs> oh, that guy. Eh? Please be praying for him. I don't want to be hearing his voice again if he's not prophesying. All this political talk. Look, those days when he opens his mouth, heads of says they tremble. The man came on TV, in church, of course, he broadcast it. He said, Is there no old man? Is there no old man in that family? He said, This is a journey a man sets on and never returns. He said, somebody call him to order. He will never be head of state. He will not come back. He said it nationwide. Everybody heard it. And he said, somebody tell my brother he will never be head of state. Then one day he came to church. He said, NRC will lose, but SDP will not win. And there were only two parties contesting. He said, NRC will lose, but SDP will not win. SDP was a party of MQ Abiola. Election went, SDP won massively. Tunibakari was watching. They were counting votes. Then this man from Oguta, Atan Zeribe, Association for Better Nigeria, he went to court to challenge the election. And they said, okay, injunction to stop the election. So they stopped announcing. And Henry Owosu, very interesting man, he told them, don't send results to me. Announce it one by one. That was what killed everything. Otherwise, they, they didn't want him to talk. So everybody announced the results. Till now, you know, the man till now, nobody ever heard from his mouth what happened. Have you noticed? That's what it means. That, that's part of state security. But make a long story short, all the calamity, all the Disturbance started. Then Babangida came on air and said, the election has been annulled. And MQ Abela began to protest. They said that election is annulled. They said, no, no, it's not possible. You cannot abort a pregnancy after the baby has been born. <laughs> I heard him on radio that day. He spoke all the one he wanted to. Election was annulled. 
the annulment stood. Babangida left office. Shonekon replaced him. They put Shonekon in place because they are from the same state, Ogun State, to pacify the tribal sentiments. A few weeks, a few months later, of course, forget all of that, the whole of the West did not accept that man for one moment as head of state. Then the man they left in power to stabilize the government, Avacha, drove the man out of office. And Tunde Bakari had said that he saw in a vision two men struggling for something, SDP and NRC. And that the third man, wearing a uniform, came and collected it from them. That was Abacha. And he said, an arrow from heaven came and struck him. You know the rest of the story? Abacha died suddenly. Later on, we heard the story about M.K. Abiola. You know what really happened? Forget, I've told this superficial story. You know behind the stories? When he went into government and said he wants to be president, some Christians gathered together and said, no, we refuse. Not in this country. You are, you are voting. They were praying. One brother was in the meeting to give me the testimony. They joined her and said, Father, no. We cast down his star. He will never rule in this country. Forget all of that one they are doing. Why? They recall to mind his role the days of OIC. And said, Lord, we have not forgiven him. We have not forgotten. Because M.K. Abela was there pushing that Nigeria should join OIC. The Christians said, you, you will see. The day he got up and said he wanted to rule the country, the same people gathered and said, no. We want him. Time to pay him back. It was the church that said, no, you can't rule. A bankida did not know what was controlling him. He had to annul the election to prove that the heavens rule in the affairs of men. What are you afraid of? We serve a God who is in control. He said, but what about when evil happens? Yes, because sometimes we do not do what is right and he's compelled to release a decree. I start hearing bomb blasts here, bomb blasts there, killings here, full and his men there. One of my friends, I told him the story of tomato and apples in Nigeria. He said, somebody should please tell the plague we are not Egypt. And that we have enough troubles already with crude problems. That this plague, please go away. It don't know me that God sent 10 plagues into Egypt. If you count the one Nigeria has had, it's not up to 10. I don't see it superficially. Tomato is scarce, it's a plague. All of you are eating strange things now. Your stew has changed color. It's now darker because you are forced to pour in tinned tomatoes. Everybody's cooking open salad. Everything that does not use tomato. Why? Because God just blew like this and broke the staff of bread concerning tomato. You are feeling sorry here. Forget. The farmers lost one billion naira worth of tomato harvest. One billion naira. That's what was estimated in tomato harvest. 90% of the tomato harvest was destroyed. It's a plague. My message today, I hope I'll be able to get back to it. <laughs> what I'm just trying to tell Christians is that God rules. Heaven's rule in the affairs of men. God gives the kingdom to whoever, whosoever he wishes. 
and sets upon these kingdoms of men the lowliest of men. That there's no need to be afraid. Everybody has a right to his own agenda. When people talk about Islamic agenda, it's an evil thing. It's not an evil thing. It's a normal thing for any religious. If you have a religion that has a vision for advancement, they must have an agenda. America is contending not with Islamic agenda because they don't have a serious agenda there yet. The agenda is for Europe. They are contending with atheistic agenda. The agenda of the atheists so, so, it, it, um, it succeeded in Europe. So God gave them over to Islamic agenda. And if you want the agenda not to succeed in Nigeria, it's simple. The church must have its own agenda. And it is not a political agenda, can't call meeting. No, it is a pulpit agenda. Pastor, start teaching the truth. Stop lying. Stop diluting, adulterating, and perverting the word of God. Preach the truth. Tell the people what is right to do. Pray the Lord of the harvest that he will send laborers into the harvest field. Time to start spending money on mission projects again. Let's start exporting the gospel once more. There are countries where you will spend money now and they will be happy you came from Nigeria. It became so bad. Do you know this church, this country that God created specially for the advancement of the gospel? Do you know the number one exporter of the gospel right now? I don't know whether the U.S. is still ahead of us, but we're number two at the time. <clears throat> Nigeria, we're number two. When it came to exporting the gospel, we had overtaken, of course, anywhere in Europe. Nobody remained now. We started exporting to the whole of Africa. But it got to a time. There are certain countries, I think Cameroon, I don't know whether it's one of them, where if you say you are a pastor, they will not let you in. Not because they are against the gospel, but because we, are, we did so much evil. This lying gospel, tight, first fruit, seed, we carried it to southern Africa. So once they see us, they know it's money we are looking for. You go and preach to unbelievers who are collecting offerings. You know something is wrong with your head. The sow is seed for miracle amongst unbelievers. So Jesus do that one. Clear your accounts and God will do something special for you tomorrow morning. Amongst unbelievers. We started closing doors against the gospel. Those are things we need to repent of. And all the full and men will disappear. <laughs> all the plague, tomatoes will suddenly start growing again. God knew you were the ones eating the tomato when he killed him. I know the guys that know the chop ups. <laughs> so those Christians, which party are they doing next? What are they used to do? Christians, the jollof rice, kill the tomato. <laughs> it's the next party they will chop up, but forget. <laughs> oh, the Lord is good. That is what, listen, that is what we need to do. Our God is not. No, no, there are words that the Bible uses for God. Let me give you a few of them. There's mighty. There is a man of war. They will tell you there's one word he used that he's terrible. You know him to be terrible. Those are words he used to describe God. That's not, his, his children are not supposed to be afraid. Be forwarding things up and down. They have appointed Muslims into this. Appointed Muslims into that. 
become afraid. Somebody wants to run us over. If you know something, let me just summarize. If you know something, I have not said the Muslims don't have an agenda. I have not said so. Did I say so? I have not said so. Like I've never said there are no witches. I've just said there is no agenda that can prosper if God does not bless it. And if the church comes up with its own truth agenda, evangelism agenda. Listen, when I was young, I mean crusades, I used to hear crusades all over the place. How many do you hear now? In case you do not know, the cause of the major canal riots of, uh, of many years ago, I've forgotten who was president, head of state that time, it was because Rehan Bonki was coming to town. Now we are having riots because Boko Haram is bombing. Because Rehan Bonki went to uh, what they call a lorry and shook the whole city. He went to Kaduna, shook the whole city. Then it was time to come to Kano. And suddenly, the Muslims became afraid. And they started a riot so that Rehan Bonki wouldn't come to town. That is a better reason for riot. That is, they hear the, the sound and they became afraid. They can license Jai's bank all they want. It's a good thing. In case you know, if you want to know, if they open branch in town, hmm? go and borrow money there. Once they don't say, say allow I could borrow first. Once not business, go there. Strangers will build your walls. That's what the Bible says. Collect the Saudi money. Use God we look, it's money. It's not Satan, it's money. <laughs> if I say this, it makes some people laugh. If you know the way I reason. If they open Islamic primary school, don't send your children. It's not good. If they open Islamic secondary school, don't send your children. It's not good. But if they open Islamic university, I have no problem with that. There is no Islamic physics. Physics, <laughs> no physics. Go there, go and study pure science. You are safer there than in Stanford. You are, I'm not kidding. You are safer there than in Harvard. When, when a robot's son died, he committed suicide. All right? After many years of um, psychotic depression, of depression and drug abuse. Orarobos regretted sending him to Stanford. He said, maybe that was why I made my mistake. Maybe I valued human education more than the spiritual climate where my child is supposed to be. Because the boy was naturally gifted and intelligent. Orarobos and his wife decided to let him go to the best school and they could afford it. They sent him to Stanford. That was where his faith was corrupted. That was where his life began to go down. Eventually, one day, he took a gun, drove somewhere, shot himself, and he died. We will not make noise if Harvard opened a campus here. We won't. But if Turkey's university opens a campus here, we start shouting Islamic agenda. We don't realize that more Satan dwells in Harvard than in any Turkish university. But we will sell our father's houses to send our children to Harvard. We are confused people. No, but until I mentioned it now, many of us never realized that Satan dwells in Harvard. Until I said it now, many of us did not realize that Stanford, this, you know why? These people places were opened as Bible schools, training places for clergymen. 
No, read one of our past magazines. I analyzed it. I wrote that article. Go and research it. These schools were opened by church. Then one day, the glory departed. Yet, you know, Christians don't realize it yet. They still go there. If you send your son to a Christian university, there's a Islamic agenda. Meanwhile, FAs control those places. Robert said that was the greatest mistake of his life. I digress again into that. But listen, I told you, if you open Turkish University in Nigeria, I don't give a hoot. I'll go there as an adult. I just won't send a child there. If it's a child, you go from home. Go and study physics, engineering, mathematics, economics. As long as you're not studying theology and religious studies there, I'm not afraid. There's one scripture I will keep on quoting over your head every day. Strangers will build your walls. Strangers will build your walls. Strangers will build your walls. In case you do not know, the communists were the ones that educated Sunday Adilaja. Oh, you don't know? He got a USSR scholarship to go to school so they could train. Unfortunately for them, six months before that time, he gave his life to Christ. Eventually, started the biggest church in Europe. Our God is not a, is not a small God. He's a powerful God. He's not afraid. Islamic agenda cannot run you over. It can't run me over. It will not run this country over. Amen. The only risk we have, I've told you, is a complacent church, easily-minded, worldly-minded, a church that's not, that doesn't understand the advancement of the gospel. That is the only problem we have. If we get up and we advance, listen to me, nothing can stand us. When Jesus said, nothing shall by any means hurt you, we use that, that um, promise all the time, okay? But if you go and check in that Luke chapter 10, he wasn't talking to Christians at home. He was talking to the disciples he sent on assignment. <laughs> what was he telling them? Don't worry, Go. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. He didn't give that word to those at home. I'm not saying the scripture does not apply. I'm just going to tell you the context in which he gave it. He said, when I sent you, did you lack anything? People on a mission, they are protected and they are provided for. But no, you know what we do? We're so afraid. My message today, I'm supposed to be teaching on faith. When I'm emphasizing to the church of God, there is nothing to be afraid of. The only thing we should be afraid of is our own inactivity. I digress to, who remembers where I started from? You were reminding me where I was before. I... Yes, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah. I digress into all this talk at that point of talking about sinking because of lack of faith. That listen, the only reason why we sink is because of lack of faith. It's not because the power of God is not available. It's not because of the no, more like it's not because of the power of the enemy. What you and I need to do is what? Crank up our faith. Faith, the lack of it hinders things. Hinders what God wants to do. Let's continue the message for today. That was a digression. I'm not joking. I really am serious. That was a digression. So what we have been looking at is how do we increase our faith? How do we increase our faith? That's what we have been looking at. 
And I've explained something. Let me just talk about that briefly. Faith is not a method. It's not the more you learn, the more faith you have of a method. No. Faith is a substance. It is a spiritual substance that God pours into the worthy heart. Last time I discussed extensively about that worthy heart. When we're looking at that Romans chapter 10, in verse 17, when it says, faith comes by hearing. Did you even read it, did you read it just now? No. I read anything today. No. Why did you come with your Bible? <laughs> Open back to it. The last bit that we read something. So that Romans chapter 10, we have been reading it. Let's just start from verse 16. Oh, from verse 14. Oh, from 13, sorry. He said, for whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Please notice verse 15. How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. However, he said, they did not all heed the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? That is not everybody. So he said, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. That is, there are two things to put together for faith to come. There must be the word of Christ coupled with hearing and hearing. We said hearing and hearing is a state of heart. Hearing and hearing is not ahead again and ahead again. It's an attitude. Somebody who commits his life or her life totally to the word of God, who says this is the source of my life. That hearing and hearing is not for the people who come to take God's word and say, let me try it. Let me see whether it works. No. A hearing hearer is what James calls a doer of the word. Is the person who is totally committed and he says, this is my life. And we said, this is the kind of person that God pours his spirit, the spirit of faith into. And we said, this is where we ended. It shows in many things. It shows in actions. For example, if you go to Aquara Square, you see everybody jogging. Why? They say that health, long life, comes from being fit and from shedding weight. So people are around the place jogging all the time. Most of them don't like the idea. It is just that this is a key to long life, they've been told. I also believe in exercising. And the Bible says he has a little profit. It's not much. It's a little. <laughs> you understand my point? I believe in it. I believe that I should be fit. The other day I climbed here and I didn't like the way my body reacted when I ran up the flight of stairs. So I told my wife, I said, I have to start exercising again. I like to be fit. But I don't believe is the key to my long life. I don't believe it. I believe that I will not die a minute earlier than the Lord ordained. I believe that I will not die a minute later than is pleasing to him. I believe that I, have, I was given life for a purpose... And as long as I'm fulfilling that purpose, all right, my life will be preserved. I believe that if I want long life, I ask God for it, and I confess the word of God that supports it, 
and I do what he says is right. There are things that cut short the life of people. As an example, God said to them, he gave them a commandment, honor your father and your mother. Otherwise, your days will be shortened in the land in which I gave you. One of the few commandments he gave in which people should be stoned to death in Israel was if you curse your father or you curse your mother, you should be drawn to the center of the city and killed. <laughs> there are scriptures like that. Are you getting my point? So I know there are things he said, if you want long life, keep your mouth from speaking evil. Keep your mouth from speaking deceit. If you love life, there are things you don't do. There was nothing in the scripture that if you love long life, go and jog. There is nothing like that. The Bible never said exercise if you want long life. I'm not saying exercise is not good. <laughs> but there are key things that God says is the reason why people's lives are prolonged. And I read a lot of people giving us instructions concerning the word of God. And I realized that if you really want, as a believer, your life to be preserved, seek the will of God for your life, seek the plan of God for your life, and walk in it. And don't let the, the world give you different standards for living. These are the keys. Now, what am I saying so? All of these things. When I discovered this, I told myself, I must spend more time confessing God's word, declaring God's word, than running around places. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's wrong. Listen, listen. I, I plan to, over the next few months, okay, a few weeks, actually I told my wife to buy me a new set of um, sneakers. And she's bought it some, like six months ago. It's under my bed. I'll soon bring it out. And I'm going to hit the road. It's good. I'm trying to, so I have to confess to you that it is good. Nothing wrong with it. I, I actually plan to. Just to prove that I plan to, I'll do it very soon. Okay? And listen, I, I, and when the Lord allows me some money for that purpose, I intend to have a very nice gym in my compound, all right? I like to, you know, it's good. Nothing wrong with it. But it's not a source of long life. For that reason, it doesn't take priority time from me. That's what I'm trying to explain. What am I saying? If I find that the word of God, the Bible says, the source of my life, it says that my son attend to my words. Incline your ears to my saying. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. He said they are life to those who find them and health to their whole body. If that is true, it shows, therefore, that the same way people run around, discipline themselves to be exercising, with that same discipline and more, I should go after the word of God. That's what I'm saying. So a hearing hearer is somebody who says, this is the source of faith, is the word of God. This is the source of life. So he goes after that word. Like, Jesus, like David said, I rejoice at thy word. Like him who finds great spoil. Are you getting my point? They asked Peter, are you not going? He said, to whom shall we go? You have this word of eternal life. If we know that this word is the source of our lives, it will show in how we relate with it. We will go after the teaching of the word of God. The Lord, the Father, you have come here this evening. You will go after it. You will spend your time. Spend your energy. If you start feeling ill, there's this reflex amongst Christians to quickly run to the doctor. I don't think it is right. I don't think it is right. I think you should quickly pray. I think you should quickly take a rest. I think you should quickly ask yourself what is going on in my life before you start running up and down, before they diagnose one terrible thing for you, and then that's it. Your faith is suddenly weakened entirely, then the thing grows bigger, and that's it. You're in trouble. But meanwhile, if you have spent some time, first of all, to study God's word, and pray and repent of anything that may be wrong in your life, all right, and declare the word of health over your life. If along the line, God now arranges so that some one of your friends say, Ah, 
It's not a big deal. My friend is doctor. He will take care of that for you. And then he takes care of it. We thank God for him. Are you getting my point? But in that short interval, the day, the time, hours you took to say, how do I, let me check what the spirit is saying. Many times like that, tumors will have disappeared. By the time you see the doctor, it, only fever will remain. I'm serious. Many times like that, blood sugar will have come down. By the time you see the doctor, it's hunger that will remain. You just, you just need to eat some more. You don't know that if you had come yesterday, you would have told you you were diabetic. But you delayed coming by 24 hours to go and pray and seek the face of God. God does not like people trusting the physicians too quickly. What am I saying? The hearing hearer is the one he pours faith into his heart. Is the one he pours faith into our heart. And the person shows the, the attitude towards the word of God by how he or she goes after it. Takes time out to study the word. Takes time out to buy a book to read. You want to know a Christian who has faith? Check what he talks about. All these people that forward Islamic agenda and Boko Haram to you, their faith is zero. Later I'll talk about it again. Please, I want to just beg you. Go and listen to our series, The Fight Against Unbelief. Because sometimes people learn a lot of truth, but they don't deliberately remove unbelief out of their lives. I'm not going to teach that now because we've taught it before. Please go and get the series, The Fight Against Unbelief. It's available on our website. Now, so, now what am I saying all of these things? So it's our attitude that decides whether God will pour faith into our hearts or he will not. What I wanted to teach today, which I will only introduce and then we'll close in a few minutes, is the, I just wanted to bring out, you know, last time I ended by explaining the issue of Elijah and Elisha. How the words that Elijah was, uh, Elisha was hearing from the mouth of Elijah was the significant thing in the pouring of water on his hands. It was not just that the fact that he was serving him. That as believers, we must put many things together. Serving God by physical activity is also important. Ministering to the saints, loving the body of Christ is crucial. These are the things that we put together, all right, to make ourselves ready to receive the spirit of faith. I talked about Paul when he was rejoicing for the Philippians. He rejoiced because a spiritual substance was going to be added to their account. And I said, I believe, I'm persuaded, that that's a spiritual substance that can be converted to faith. It's a spiritual, it's a spiritual reality. Now, all these things are put together. But what I wanted to bring out today, which I've just introduced and then we'll go on next time, is to explain how you pray, actually, for faith. Because people say that you can't pray for faith. I don't think so. It's how you do it that may be the problem. People can actually pray for faith. You can pray in such a manner that your faith might be boosted. We have seen that faith is not just a process of learning. Learning only opens our hearts to be able to receive it. When Elisha hears a lot from Elijah, when the spirit wants to be poured, he will be able to imbibe that spirit. If he did not hear, if God pours that spirit, he will not be able to receive it. So learning is very important. But faith itself, okay, is a substance. So if God is going to pour it into your life, it is, it is possible for you, therefore, to ask him for it. It is. Another thing is, as I said earlier, we read that before. When we're talking about um, Ephesians chapter 4, reading from Ephesians chapter 4, that he gave gifts unto men, that God sends people into the body of Christ to help the body of Christ build up their faith. It's a crucial prayer. There's something who came say, you know, uh, you normally, uh, when he's leading prayer here, and my wife today, when she was leading prayer, she also said the same, said the same prayer. That I prayed like this, that today, Lord, let Pastor Banky speak to me. 
If I'm not the one preaching, whoever I see that will preach, they will pray. Let this person speak to me. It's, it's, these are valid prayer points. There are people that God sent into your life. It's important you pray to God that God let me meet them. Yeah, very important. Because the will of God is not done automatically. You know, I've kept on saying that thing. If it was done automatically, Jesus would not have taught us to pray. Thy will be done. But many times, God's will, what he wants to do, he says, put it in your mouth and ask me for it. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into your own personal harvest field. Your life is a harvest field. <laughs> you have to pray, God. Listen, let me give you an example. You want a word concerning healing. You want to boost up your faith in that area. You bow your head and pray, say, Lord, this word is somewhere. Send it to me. It happened to me at the time when I was in Lagos. Let me just stop. Uh, let me stop here. Uh, end with that testimony. You know, I, I, I love to learn the word of God. I still love it till now. All right? And God periodically will bring a new teacher into my life. A few years ago, you never heard the word. They'd be pausing from my mouth. All right? Then sometime last year or the year before, suddenly started hearing me talk about it. And God sent him into my life and he has, he has opened my eyes dramatically in many areas. So the things that periodically in life, there are people that God sends into your life to take you to a new level. You need to ask God for it. That time in Lagos, I listened to the gospel at a point in time. I used to go to winners that time, but there was something in me. I wrote the story in the book, How to, uh, how to Work for God. Something in me just kept on saying, Panky, there's something you're supposed to understand you don't know yet. I looked around. I agonized. Then finally, I'm sure I prayed. I can't remember specifically. But finally, one day, God just led me to 400 about Macaulay Road. And I heard Pastor Bojo teach the inheritance inside the new man. For the first time, I unlearned all the wrong things I, un- I learned from faith, our school of faith, that uh, 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 the prophets were for the Jews. It's not true. I heard the gospel was preached, first of all, by the prophets. I said, uh-huh. Suddenly, the scriptures made sense. Are you getting my point? Listen, the Bible is deep. You can't know everything by yourself. God will send people into your life. Amen. You need to just pray periodically. Say, Lord, he said, your eyes will behold your teacher. You say, God, send my own teacher into my life. Don't go around criticizing and fighting people. Love everybody. Love the body of Christ. But ask God, say, uh-uh. it's not every time you can. Every, many people, they are talking like this. Some people say, wow, well, see what? I can't hear what the man is saying. He's not my teacher. These are the ways you talk, you pray for faith. My time is up, all right? I don't want to, I just, this is what I wanted to teach today. I just want to introduce it. You know why I introduced like this? So that next time I'll remember to preach it. And Islamic agenda will not take our time next time, I hope. But today I'm sure you, you are living here, you are not afraid of any agenda. Your own issue now is that what is my own agenda in this life? What's my agenda? Later I will talk about what is the agenda of faith so for every, every believer. You must have an agenda for increasing your faith. Listen, if you want your faith to be big, eh? go and read the Bible. God didn't give you faith to be eaten. Every day you are still confessing the name of Jesus I receive a new car. You won't get it. It's like God doesn't give faith for cars. He said, listen, my friend, I have better things for you to do. I will bless you so much. Car will not be a matter of talk. It won't be, you understand my point? You, you know, raise faith. You know, pursue faith for purpose. Pursue faith for purpose. We'll continue from that point next time. Let's bow down our heads and just give a lot of thanks. If we're blessed, they just begin to give him thanks. Say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for the blessing that's in your word. Thank him especially. Say, Lord, you rule, you rule in the affairs of men. I am not afraid of anybody's agenda. The agenda of Christ will stand. 
pray for the body of Christ. Say, Lord, help us to discover the agenda of Christ for this season. There's no agenda that is bigger, that's more powerful than the agenda of Christ Jesus. Everyone present here, you are sent out as apostles, the disciples of Christ, to go and preach the agenda of Christ. Listen to this. I just feel like that's a prophetic word. If you are here today, hmm? The Lord sent you here to this specifically for one reason, apart from learning, that you will live here and be an apostle of the true agenda. Are you getting my point? That no longer will you be afraid. People, not only you, you are not afraid anymore. Somebody say amen. amen. You will teach other people not to be afraid. Don't go around fighting everybody. Say Islamists don't have an agenda. They can have. The only thing I wanted to teach people by the Spirit of God is that everybody has a right to an agenda. But that if the church has the agenda of Christ, it will always prevail. Are you getting my point? Go out from here and do that assignment. Teach the, Because if we don't, faith is getting weaker and weaker and weaker. What Satan is doing is weakening the faith of the body of Christ. And when their faith gets weak, they easily get run over. But if we teach this truth, their faith will never be weak. They get stronger and stronger and stronger. And then one day, straight from the shores, all right, down to the borders near the Sahara, the gospel of Christ will be reigning. The sultan of Sokoto will bow to Christ Jesus. Amen. Are you getting my point? One of the biggest churches in Nigeria will be Meduguri. Are you getting what I'm saying? If we believe the truth, we are going to conquer every inch of this country. Let's continue to give it up and say, Lord, thank you for your agenda. Thank you for your agenda for my life. Help me to discover it also. Let's rise to our feet. We are closing. Repeat after me. Say, Father, I thank you. Say, Father, I thank you. Because you are king, you are the man of war, you are the ruler over Nigeria, you are the ruler in my life. Say, Lord, I thank you because you are king. I am not afraid. Say, the church is not afraid. The church in Nigeria is not afraid. We are not afraid. We can't be run over. Say, we will advance and nothing will stop us. The gates of hell will not prevail. The gates of hell will not prevail. Say in my life, I will advance and the gates of hell will not prevail. In Nigeria, the gates of hell will not prevail. Say, Lord, you will have mercy. Upon this land, you have mercy. You will bring an end to wars and every plague will stop. In the name of Jesus Christ. Say, Lord, we receive peace. We receive peace. We receive prosperity for this nation from your hands in the name of Jesus Christ. I just feel like saying this quickly. I think one of the reasons why we had to go through this tight crisis this period is that God needs to win people of hope in Buhari. You know, by the time it was coming to power, it was a fuel will go for 40 naira a liter. Now it is 145 naira a liter. That we might know that God is God and not Buhari. Only Him is Savior. Let's declare, say, Father, we thank you. you. Only you you are the Savior. You are the Savior. You are the Savior. You are the the provider. You You give a good economy. We thank you for our president. He will do your will and he will prosper in it. But only you are the Savior. Only you are the blesser of the country. 
Say safety is of you. Power is from you. When I say power, I mean electricity. Are you getting my point? That's what I mean. Say every provision is from you. We acknowledge you as God. We acknowledge you as El Shaddai. We declare that your name will be given to no other. Your name is not given to the head of state. Your name does not belong to APC. PDP was never our problem. The iniquity of the land was the problem. Therefore, we declare you will have mercy and we will prosper. Not because of APC. Not because of Buhari. But because you are king. Let's give the Lord and say, Father, we thank you. Let's just worship him. I declare to you that goodness will follow you in Jesus' name. Put up your two hands. Goodness will follow you in the name of Jesus. Mercy will be with you in the name of Jesus. All things have passed away from your life in the name of Jesus Christ. God will arise and show you mercy. In your personal life, goodness will come into that place. Closed doors, they will open for you. In the midst of adversity, you will be protected. In the midst of scarcity, you will have abundance. God will show you his mercy in the name of Jesus Christ. As you go home, no evil will befall you. And no plague will come near your dwelling place. In the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, let's share the grace in fellowship. You know, from the bottom of our hearts.